But here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. My name is Flynn. I'm going to be one of the hosts for the evening. I'm here with my fellow hosts, Andrew Hovkamp. Point of order, Kevin is wearing a Cincinnati Reds shirt. He is no longer a Mets fan. How's it going, guys? Kevin Reynolds is here wearing his Reds shirt. Uh, we're clients of the Reds at at work, and they send me swag, and this is the most comfortable shirt I own. Okay, yeah, um, sure. sure. Not our podcast shirt. You just said that you made the podcast shirt the most comfortable <laughs> shirt uh, last episode. This is the most comfortable clean shirt that I own. That shirt I wore last week is still dirty. Good cover. So, Good cover. Um, you know, reds are reds are cool. I like the reds. I like the Mets better. Nobody um, likes the reds right now. The reds hate the reds. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, it's fine. I, could, I could name, I think, three players on their roster. Uh, because I don't care at all about the Reds. Nobody should, because they're a terrible run organization. Anywho, tonight we're going to drink some bourbon. Uh, tonight I'm drinking Remus. It's a single barrel pick. Um, if, if you've seen Remuses around, uh, they're usually pretty high proof. Um, this they one turned into werewolves. Is about a, yeah. Um, Yes, it's Remus Lupin that I'm drinking. Yeah, um, they—they're usually higher, higher, um, uh, higher in proof. Um, George Remus. Uh, I'm not sure what he did to have a bourbon named after him. Kevin might tell you it, uh, something that he thinks is true, but is probably not true. Um, but it's it's delightful. It's one. Of, I've tried now three single barrel picks of this of Remus, um, and it every single time hits great. It's bold. It's high proof. It's oaky. It's it has some rye spice. It's fantastic. So um, every every time I see Remus, it's a it's a a reasonably priced bourbon for what it is, and it's fantastic. Kevin. I do love George Remus bourbon. Uh, I'm having something new tonight. I picked it up uh, earlier today. It's called O.H. Ingram River Aged uh, Straight Bourbon Whiskey. There was a straight rye and just a um, a whiskey available as well. Um, and I grabbed the straight bourbon whiskey. It's from Ballard County, Kentucky. It's 105 proof. Um, it doesn't have an age statement on it, but it does say straight bourbon whiskey. So we know that it's at least two years old. Um, this is an interesting thing because it's gimmicky, kind of like Jefferson's Ocean is, but, um, this, the rickhouses are actually floating rickhouses on the Mississippi River. Um, this one's, uh, it's not actually a rickhouse, it's just a barge, and this one's, uh, got its barge number on the label. I thought that was kind of cool. You could match up barge numbers if one had a particularly interesting journey or something down the Mississippi but um it's 105 proof whiskey it was a 60 dollar bottle um I think it's delicious and overpriced but I um (laughs) what's it called again it's called O.H. Ingram river aged straight bourbon oh Ingram Ballard County Kentucky (laughs) um so you know I just I love that they're like look if Jefferson's gonna put it on a boat in the ocean we're gonna put it on a boat on a river and it'll do the same thing, but a river. And uh, I don't know. At least there's salt air on the ocean. 
I feel like I need it's to just say something mud, before mud water on the Mississippi. I need to say it, it, something before we before we okay. move on because um, uh, I was looking up where, where George Remus Bourbon is from because I didn't do that before I started talking and kind of panicked and started googling. Uh, and while Kevin was talking. It has a big, big website. It says, who needs the bourbon trail when you have a whiskey city? And it says, Kentucky may be known for its bourbon, but no town does rye whiskey and high rye bourbon better than Lawrenceburg, Indiana. So I'm really uh, uh, upset about what they put on their website, the slander uh, to our state. So I apologize for drinking this. It's really good whiskey, but uh, I don't like the company it comes from. So that is, that is a Lawrenceburg, Indiana company, I assume, then? Yep, yep, yep. Unfortunate. Hope Camp, are you also drinking whiskey? I am also drinking whiskey. I am drinking a, a little Bardstown Bourbon Company's Origin Series. Um, this is, is still that the f- brown label. It is. Well, it's mostly a white label, but there oh, is okay. some okay. brown. Nope, that's just gold. I no, would there's say another no brown, to the brown one label. too. I think that's the founders one. Um, the origin, Bardstown Bourbon Company, Bardstown, Kentucky. The age, six years. The mash bill is 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley. It's distilled fall of 2016. Um, Quarantine's mother got this as a gift a while ago. And I was like, perfect, I'll drink it on the podcast. But I have been going through so many uh, advent calendar things that I've had to like save <laughs> this. So this is probably going to be the end of the bottle. Cause I have been drinking it down. It is very good. Um, I don't like rye whiskeys, but I do like high rye bourbons because I like the lingering spice. I don't like that to be the dominance. Um, and so this gets a very sweet fruit forward and then lingers with the rye spice. And that is my jam. So I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and I think it's probably one of the more reasonably priced and easily accessible Bardstown Bourbon Company series that they have. 94 proof, if anyone was asking. I think 96 proof. I think we're all drinking very, very unique things tonight uh, that have not been on the podcast, so that's that's really cool. Go us. Yep. Go us. Hovecamp, what are we doing tonight? Uh, so I texted, well, Kevin texted the group yesterday after we decided we would record tonight and said, what are we doing? And then I said something about, we shouldn't do this tomorrow, but we should do this at some point. And then that was the end of that. Uh, so then I asked today, what are we doing? And no one said anything. So I hope Thomas Moore is rolling in the dough after that. Um, radio silence from you two assholes. So we're going to do... This is actually day one of our fiscal year, so it says we've raised zero dollars this year. Excellent. So So you guys are just (laughs) a disaster. (laughs) We're going to do a nerd Uh, debate because there's three of us and uh, those work out well. We're going to do a new segment. Uh, New segment? So that'll be fun. Yeah, we're going to do a new segment. Hmm. And uh, we've done it before. It's not that new. Uh, But it is very news. And then we're going to do a... uh, what is it? A fictional squad. So that's what's going to happen. Um, I, do we need to explain nerd debate? Someone's going to pose a topic. We're going to debate it. The person that posed the topic will decide who wins. Kevin will be going first. Nerd debate. Okay. Uh, for my nerd debate topic um, with this group, um, we got... I had some time this weekend to do some stuff around the house, but um, after I was done, 
Uh, one night I watched uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. Um, and I don't want to talk about that per se. And I think, I don't know that we've all seen it. But there's a scene in the movie where... Disastrous um, take, Flynn. (laughs) (laughs) It's a callback to when I said that about uh, Multiverse of Madness. I I actually believe that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, feels good. So so in the movie, uh, Kang looks at Scott Lang and is like, I need a thief, and you're the best. And it's just... And then what he proceeds to go do... Is has nothing to do with being a thief or stealing. It's just a really stupid premise to get the stakes raised in a moment that just was completely unnecessary. Um, and it sort of brought me to this place that, okay, Scott Lang's a decent thief in a fictional series, but if you actually were going to try to pull off um, a heist, go steal something really impressive... Um, there are lots of different series, books, movies, comics that have thieves in them. Who would you choose as the best thief um, in this moment and why? And it can't be I would choose Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet because Thanos isn't a thief. We're not talking about someone who would I mean, make I a good thief. I'm saying who my played argument. an actual thief in fiction Shoot, tell me which one of those is the uh, best. He steals multiple of those stones. Right. That's true. <laughs> I now have to change my my argument. So, Hope Camp, um, you can Are go you going to pick Scott Lang? I was absolutely going to pick Thanos. Damn you. That's amazing. I, I don't believe you. I was. <laughs> that was the only name. That, yeah, just, <laughs> does that help? I <laughs> Uh, Wrote down one name for Thief, Thanos. Uh. I just think that's an odd take. I was between two. um, And I think Robin Hood's the obvious answer. Um, And then you could say, what ideation? And obviously the Disney version is like by far the most (laughs) successful Thief. He's incredible. The heists he pulls off in that movie, top-notch, well done. Um, But I'm going to, I think I would be, I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't select Danny Ocean. Um, mm-hmm. from Ocean's Eleven. He pulls off a heist. He pulls in people from all over um, and makes them each have their role. Everyone is uniquely positioned to do a fundamental task. It all ties together in uniquely creative and devastating ways for the person that's getting heisted from. Um, and he does it with like a personal vendetta that is obviously him. And so... He still pulls it off, though. It's like one of those where the guy at the end is like, you did this. And he's like, what do you mean I did this? Uh, and they know it's him, but they can't prove it, and there's no way to pull it off. Like, it's just fundamentally great. Ocean's Eleven, incredible movie. Danny Ocean, incredible leader of an incredible heist. Beautifully executed. He is my thief. Good choice. My choice is a little bit different. Um it's Michael Schofield, and I don't think Kevin has mm. seen Prison Break. But the basis of his character is his brother is in prison, wrongfully, and he wants to break him out. And so he literally, you know, has a heist to get his brother. Like, he goes and steals his brother from the United States penal system. And so okay. to do that, he, he <laughs> like gets it. in it. Jailbreaks and heists. 
basically the same thing. He steals his brother. He went in, steals his brother, and leaves. Like, that's a heist. He, it's it's not like he was already in they, there and was going to break him out. No, he had heists. a plan. They do heists in that. Yeah. Movie. They steal Scylla. Yes. <laughs> Why didn't you just do I understand. That? <laughs> this is a heist of his brother. So, no, this is, I'm, I'm talking, is bang the gavel. Um... <laughs> So, so he gets a he gets a a full back tattoo of the schematics of the jail. He full gets himself tattoo. arrested, full body tattoo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Michael Schofield is someone that I want on my team. He is going to literally put his life away and say, "I want to be this person to pull off this heist." He doesn't even need a team. He just does it. He gets a team along the way. Interesting. Um, I have not seen Prison Break, uh, so I don't really have a frame of reference as to whether don't. he'd be a better thief. Dude, um, I think it, I think that is exactly your jam. It was on network TV. Watch, uh, and it's, it's and season it's one. Better than most of the crime shows you watch. <laughs> yeah, season um, one is great. Uh, season did, two, they I do ice. Season three, they're back in prison. Spoiler. I do very much agree with the Robin Hood take and. Um, I think, uh, well, this is not a debate I'm supposed to weigh in on. I do think that there is love that should be shown towards Carmen Sandiego. But yep. um, I am going to give the nod to Hove Camp, Hove Camp because uh, he, he, picked a, he picked two characters that I think are great uh, <laughs> examples yeah, of fictional <laughs> I know themes. you do that every time, and now Hove Camp's adopting um, it. I picked Thanos as well. That's my second character. You could have still chosen Robin Hood. We're fighting. Our characters are fighting now. So it's Thanos and Michael Schofield versus Robin Hood and Danny Ocean. I think I win. Debatable. We'll see. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> so Flynn, Robin, uh, Robin Hood's head, a good <laughs> head to head, so you gotta take a shot of something, something, and then right, camp. Right, you right, uh, you're gonna be up next because you. You won. Uh, what did I say? Courtships. Yeah. So, mm, uh, I'll get the phrasing of what I told you guys. Yeah, sitcom, TV couples, the courtship, not the relationship. So, I would like to discount when the couple gets together. I think that we should talk about before they get together. And whose courtship did you enjoy the most? Was the best done? Had the best episodes. I don't care how you want to take it, but um, think about all of your favorite sitcom and TV couples. And before they were officially an item, and, and I'll use Ross and Rachel as an example to tell you that I don't particularly care how many times they were an item. You can pick up until they were first together, or you can pick up until the very last episode when they end up together. Um, I'm not worried about it. I think the whole thing can be considered a courtship if you want it to. So... Um, if it's an on again, off again, you can pick the final one or the first time. I'm not, I don't care. But who had the best court show? All right, I would like to go first. Yeah. Um, okay. I think there's one obvious answer. I don't. Uh, it's <laughs> I think there's so many. Jake Peralta answers. and Amy Santiago. <laughs> Their courtship was perfect because they went from like kind of opposites, very opposites actually, um, that were respectful of each other because they're good at their jobs, but did, were not friends. Then they became friends while Jake is is kind of courting her um, to date him. She dates other guys, he dates other women, but their friendship 
persists and it was just an obvious thing. Sometimes shows and movies force relationships. Amy and Jake was not forced. It was a ver very naturally written thing. I'm sure it was it was uh, planned from the beginning, but at the same time, it was very, very well done. Okay. I think I do think that's an excellent answer. Um, mm -hmm. I do love their dynamic and the way in which the actual courtship becomes a main plot storyline of two main care the two main characters um i uh i will combat it with a storyline that is not of the two main characters of their show but becomes the more interesting storyline to me um and it is an on again off again um and that's um cc and schmidt from new girl um, I love this relationship because from the very first episode that Cece appears, Schmidt is throwing hundreds of dollars into the douchebag jar, being just the worst human ever, and he only is interested in her because she's a model. And then they get together, and he it's he's so so superficial about it, and then it becomes a real relationship. Then he screws it up. Then um, he dates her and Elizabeth at the same time and screws it up. But there's so We're many. We're not talking times about in... the actual relationship. <laughs> We're talking about the. You just spent so much time talking well, about the well, actual relationship. You could say that they don't. I said he could talk about <laughs> until they end up together or right, until they right. first get together. But so he's still in the but bounds. In, of in, We're watching season one. We're watching season one right now, and you watch in one of these episodes, knowing what happens in the next eight seasons. In season one, he stares her down and says, "I will never give up." Right, and he doesn't. That's the thing. He is consistently pursuing her and trying and making himself a better person to be better for her. And he goes out of his way to just be that, um, be that support for her in a hundred different ways that, that makes it authentic and real. It takes this douchebag character and makes you root for him because of how vigorously and then eventually, respectfully, he starts pursuing her and changing to become better. I love that. I think that that was really an interesting storyline. And I think that because it's it's such an integral part of the show that isn't the main character, that really matters to me. You guys have chosen excellently. Um, I appreciate... Kevin's character growth seg like portion of the argument. Um, but I also would like to give a point of inspiration to Flynn for the nice, uh, for, the, for choosing very well, making a, a great argument about the opposites and the natural uh, progression of that relationship. It is one of my all-time favorites. I constantly see the parallels in my own relationship of uh, me being Jake Peralta and... Um, quarantine pulling out any number of binders so um flynn you have a point of inspiration which i think means take a shot of something better is that what we decided that one time i can't remember but i like it um but kevin will still win the debate because oh, yeah, i felt other thing <laughs> take the best of <laughs> take a shot of whatever delicious thing you would like And then lead right. us lead us in your debate. Last question here. Um, and I actually gave them time to prepare for this. And so if, if, if these aren't, events aren't 
great, I'm going to be disappointed two because hours. you yes, always complain. You always complain that I don't give you enough time uh, because I throw this intricate, well thought out, super smart question at you all, and you're very impressed, but can't really can't really uh, answer it in, in a timely. I think manner. you're reading. Uh, you did, you did send us something that you did. Send that was the exact that situation every time. This isn't a debate topic that you sent us. Oh yeah, uh, but Kevin, it is... save it. So I have. A, um, I was. Waiting for the rant to be teed up. A well thought out question, okay? Okay. Okay. Listen. Listen. Useless in depth analysis aside. Yeah, it could do that too. Most of my questions can also be that. Uh, you can go. In, I want Kevin to be limited to 30 seconds. Hope Camp, you can talk to how I might, however much I mean, you want. Um, so, what what movie or even TV show or, or piece of piece of media um, have you changed your mind about? Um, after either subsequent watches or over time. Yeah. And so, so, so what, so what brought this what, to mind? Here's yeah. what Kevin and I are going to debate. Whether or not my movie, ch- well, my opinion of this movie has changed or whether Kevin's opinion of his movie has changed. Um, I think they both will have changed. This is absolutely a Dr. K yeah. story time. It is not a debate. Somehow Flynn's going to choose a winner from us just talking about movies that have, we've changed our yep. minds about. And I don't really know how I'm supposed to say I have changed my mind uh, better than Kevin, but we're about to do that. Tell me so, why you changed your mind. So strap in. Kevin, you want to go first? Or you want me to? I, no. I don't care. I want okay. you to go first. <laughs> um, the one that I decided to go with was There's Something About Mary. Um, I remember it being whimsical and had some my nice, you know, pop culture moments of the hair gel and, you know, a really cool cameo from this guy named Brett Favre. And none of it has aged well. All of it is a disaster. At best, it was everyone stalks her, even then. Like, everyone is stalking this woman, and they are just like, it's fine, because there's something about Mary. Um, and then, like, the cool cameo at the end is Brett Favre? Like, he's the best guy in this, actually? Um, and that's that's a hard take to follow with now. And then she right. ends up going with the guy who stalked her and did all these creepy things and then just said, you know what? It was creepy. I shouldn't do it. And she's like, that's the romantic gesture I needed. And I don't know. I just I can't go back and watch it now because I, there is nothing about Mary. It's just a show about creepy guys being creepy guys or movie about being creepy guys. So that's that's the one I don't think I can... I can go back and watch, and my opinion went from uh, whimsical indifference to uneasiness. Flynn, you were nodding as if that's a movie you've seen. Is it? Uh, a long time ago, yeah. Okay. It was on my list uh, to, to talk about if Tracy um, had taken someone else, but uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I had to read up on the plot, but I, I remember seeing it. Um, a bunch of bunch it. of dudes stalk. Cameron Diaz, and she puts jizz in her hair. That's the one part I remembered. Yeah, yeah. that's there. You go. Do I do I have to bleep jizz, or is that is that a is that a word that we're okay with on this podcast when I'm editing that? Should I have said come? <laughs> N- name I... other synonyms. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get scientific. Ejaculate. <laughs> I um, struggled with this a bit, um, but 
what it's I've such a good debate topic. On, it's a great debate it topic. Is. What I've landed on mm-hmm. is, and this might be like, what I've landed on is the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, mm-hmm. the score is incredible, and yep. um, yeah. the visuals are, the visuals are awesome. But if you if you remove those things and we're just like, here's the plot of the movie. Um, I'm not so sure it's a good movie. And then I think at the time I was enamored with um, one of my favorite movies is uh, Finding Neverland, Johnny Depp. Uh, I really loved um, the Sweeney Todd version, uh, musical adaptation movie, Johnny Depp. And I really think Edward Scissorhands is just a brilliant piece of art. Johnny Depp. So I think I would I give Johnny Depp passes when he doesn't earn them. If we ranked best performances of Johnny Depp, I think someone would make an argument that that Captain Jack Sparrow is that. And having gone back and rewatched it, I disagree. He is making no good choices as an actor. They're all easy, simple, flamboyant choices uh, with bad material. And so he's not this anti-hero. He's just a goofy pirate and it's not interesting to me anymore i i think i think i loved it when i saw it and now i think it's a i don't think it's a good movie and i think the subsequent pirates that he was in are much worse than the original so as a trilogy i think and as a film series um because they did some without him later Uh, yeah i would say it's a trilogy plus yeah i I just I'm thoroughly uninterested and unimpressed at this point. Looking back on the Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't think Keira Knightley's good in it. I, I don't think Orlando Bloom's good in it, and I really think Johnny Depp is lauded over his acting in the film, which is subpar at best to me. He creates the character, which is good acting, whether the decisions were easy or not. Okay. (laughs) To me, they're like the Fast and Furious movies. It's just, yeah, there's lots of problems, and that shouldn't probably happen. And it's it, but it's it's cool, and it's something that you kind of enjoy because it's entertaining. That's that's what it is to me. Um, I I watched all of them like three years ago, and I was entertained. I agree that it was ridiculous, but I was entertained. But arguably, uh, my favorite. Yes, the, the, again, music's absolutely. incredible, but you've asked absolutely incredible. You have you've asked us to sort of debate on a film where yeah, our opinions have, <laughs> opinions have changed. My opinions have changed. Wins. Yeah, great. Congrats. That's, that seems fair. point of inspiration. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> That's how I am as a DM. All right, that was that nerd debate. Time. That one time, uh, that was nerd debate. What's up next? You tell me, host. Uh, do we go to the new segment? Let's do a new segment. The news, the new segment. Yeah, we should do a new segment. The new segment. News segment. Segment. Do, yeah. do we have a drop for that? Maybe. Uh, it's not in the Google. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to put it in post. Uh, so if if I do, it'll be right here. If I don't, then it doesn't happen. Um, So, just put the intro to the 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 newsroom. 
just just the entire <laughs> intro. <laughs> like, it's like, I would tell you what, HBO. Like that's illegal. I don't know what started it because I've gone back and watched Game of Thrones. Seems to be the most famous example. They have done two and a half minute long intros. Oh, yeah. They to, love it. They for love forever. The Wire, and they're always honestly worth watching at least once when you're watching the seasons. But uh, man, I mean, if you put the newsroom intro in for this, let's we're about to have some long episodes. Who would like to go first in the news segment? I can go. Um, so I have an article. Um, and, you know, there's problems all over the world nowadays. But New Zealand is having a very unique problem. Uh, a historical problem. One that they've never had before. Their ratio of sheep to people is at an all-time low. For the first time in... Uh, Recorded history, New Zealand's ratio of sheep to people is below 5 to 1. There are less than 5 sheep per person per capita in New Zealand in the world Correct. we're living in right now. And in this world, yeah. yeah. A travesty. A travesty. Um, they've been declining they since the it? 80s. In the 80s, there were 22 <sighs> sheep for every person. Uh, but now, wow. Lots of there's... there's Barely 25 million sheep, and there's more than 5 million people in New Zealand. Do we think there's more people than yeah. before, or less sheep? There are less sheep. A decrease of 400,000 on the previous year. I mean, their population could be increasing, but clearly a 400,000 drop in sheep is a bigger culprit than a 1% population growth. Man, I wonder what's happening. These Wake up, sheeple. I, I just I just think that this is an under discussed thing that <laughs> How do we have a drop for that bull but we don't have a drop for the actual segment? <laughs> that was a generic one it came with. Um uh it, you know in competitive issues Australia has 3 times as many sheep as New Zealand. Now, their ratio is not as robust. It's only three to one in Australia. But still, I mean, New Zealand is, this is what they do. They do sheep and Lord of the Rings. And I think the sheep. And Brett and Jermaine. Could be, could be going down. Uh, on an unrelated note, speaking of phrasing and doing sheep, <laughs> um, there Whoa. is a unreleased episode, or not an unreleased, a like special <laughs> special episode of Letterkenny that just came out, and they bring in Australia New Zealanders to do all like basically Letterkenny conversations. It's um, the word the word banging sheep gets referenced a lot. Okay, <laughs> so, just an odd thing to have a reference for. Yeah, it, it didn't of, pop in uh, until I said they do sheep, thing. and you said phrasing, and I was like, just like Letterkenny. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, there's a problem in New Zealand, and it is the sheep population's declining at a unprecedented rate. I don't know if it's good or bad. They said, like, maybe we don't use enough wool anymore. I mean, whatever. It's terrible. I'm so... I'm distraught now. I'm disappointed by your all's mundane and simple reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know how to react. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> We've been trying to come That's up a with fact more that I know. 
He's been uh, trying to come so, with more jokes in his head, and so he can't he yeah, can't laugh true. because he's trying to come up with more funny, funny quips. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't really provide solutions either. It's kind of like the uh, you know. It's just like there's the sheep are declining. I was just kind of wondering about. It. I was just like you know, at least in the cocaine hippos, it was like we either kill them or we don't. Like that's the solution. Like that's. that's I actually what we're found out that here. they did kill one of those hippos, and there was such an outcry they made it illegal to kill the rest of the hippos, and that's why they can't kill the <laughs> hippos, even though everyone is like, we should really be able to kill these hippos. <laughs> <laughs> Puff Camp is to, his stance to bring on carpenter bees and hippos are completely opposite. He's like, are not. leave the carpenter bees if, alone. If you go to Africa, kill you the hippos. cannot and should not kill a hippo. The hippos in Colombia are episode. not supposed to be there. I'm sure there's one listener every episode. They're like, are they going to bring up those cocaine hippos again? Because I really hope so. I want an update. I want an update on what they were talking about. Pablo Escobar's uh, cocaine hippos. I really hope I, they bring it up this episode. Uh I've I've watched a documentary <laughs> on it every since 20 we brought so. that up. I read two <laughs> newer articles about it since we brought it up. I'm upset about how much cocaine hippos have entered my life since Kevin decided to. You're bring the it only media person talking about this. We, we outrage as I consume media news, about that. It. That was when the new segment was was our was our new segment and. <laughs> It was the first one. I don't know. It came up with you, yeah. Know. You okay. every every news segment you have to bring up the cocaine hippos. That's a that's a rule for home yeah. camp. So in case you're trying to keep track, uh, kill the cocaine hippos, save the carpenter bees, and like repopulate breed, the sheep. Breed the sheep. Yeah. Breed the sheep. Yeah. yeah. Do the sheep. <laughs> Do the sheep. That's I breed the sheep is a is, I gotta agree with Kevin's phrasing on that one. Breed with the sheep. Alright, let's yeah. go. Alright. <laughs> Flynn's like, not me. Flynn's like, I'm gonna lean into this sheeple thing. Breed the sheep. Breed with the sheep. <laughs> sheeple Make it sheeple. is. Yeah. I have a question. Um uh have you ever been about to miss a plane? And needed to get to the airport quickly. Uh, I've flown like eight times, tops, and no. <laughs> well, in, no, because uh, my wife all makes me get there three hours early. Anyway, well, so does mine. <laughs> but but not not true. Was a uh, a man in Marion, Illinois, who has been charged with theft for stealing a backhoe, <laughs> stealing oh, a what? backhoe to drive. 10 miles to the airport to catch a flight. Um, in this man's mind, he was going to miss his flight and needed to get to the airport and needed a vehicle. He chose a vehicle that goes slower than if you would, were to just run. But he was thinking, yeah, but I don't want to be sweaty on the airplane. Well, how far did he have to go? 10 miles. 10 miles. Yeah, 10 miles. That's a long time to run for I hear you. most I hear people. You. And you'd end up pretty sweaty so i think you, you would know. end up slower than the backhoe we I, know that you do like a cool 12 miles a daily hope camp so absolutely cool it with your most people i run like you're a runner <laughs> i don't run 10 miles that's for damn sure <laughs> not it's important you take that, that article... back take it back flynn i am not it's you do look like article... you've been doing a lot of cardio you know you should bulk up a little the article points out that footage captured the man walking across the street from the lot to the lobby of the airport, having just parked the backhoe, 
and that he was carrying a guitar case. So he's a Marion, Illinois musician who makes interesting choices. He just, so, uh, I'm concerned. He just parked it? Like, legally? <laughs> he, he parallel parked a backhoe. Did he pay? Did he pay to park? I don't know. I don't know. How do you park a backhoe? He went into the garage. Se- Listen, this was, we did eight shows. simple rules about the airport, and backhoe parking was not on the list. I don't know how this works. <laughs> Security camera footage shows a Carbondale man arriving at Veterans Airport in southern Illinois atop a backhoe. He leaves it in the airport parking lot on Thursday. <laughs> Uh, so says the Williamson <laughs> County Sheriff's Office. Sounds so like he, he parked illegally. Yeah. <laughs> and then he he and his guitar case went to catch a plane. I think he left the keys in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fiver for gas. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh God. You know that's what's going on in Illinois air travel these days. Uh, any questions? I don't think any that you can answer. <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. It's probably true. Yeah. I would be so tempted. Like, uh, kudos to this guy for, like, knowing how to use a backhoe and, like, operate. Like, if, if I was like, I'm going to be late unless I take that backhoe, I would be late because I wouldn't have the first clue what to do in a backhoe. I tried to get tried in to one. Steal a backhoe yeah, last I was going to say, we, yeah. we tried to do this on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the door was locked. <laughs> So I couldn't get in. Uh, it sounds like There's the owner of this backhoe should have house. tried that. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't um, to get to the airport. I was just going to drive it around this person's uh, new build backyard for a little while, and you know, dig a hole maybe. But I couldn't get in. So, well, that's what's, Lynn, going what's your on story? In Southern Illinois. My story is about NASA. Apparently, NASA astronauts are being offered, quote, teledildonic sex in space with their Earth lovers. Apparently, there is a sex toy Hold that on. is. Oh. I was going to see if what Kevin and I thought teledildonic meant. Okay, what, 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 <laughs> well, what, what came just... to mind when you heard the word teledildonic? <laughs> so. <laughs> Phone dildos was what I thought. Like, <laughs> obviously, um, remember the song "Kiss Me Through the Phone." I kind of thought of that song, "Kiss Me Through the Phone," but in a in a more word. dildonic way. Yeah. So what I'm imagining then would be some form of a sex toy that is controlled by the lover on Earth that pleasures the astronaut in space. That is also what I had assumed, um, and in my brain, it's got lots of tentacles. What is space? Yeah. The final yeah. frontier. Yeah, there's, uh, there's one end to this. that It's kind of like a, a walkie-talkie, but it's over the internet. There's one end that you stick something in, and then one end that you, you stick in something. Um, and then that one connects to the other one in a telephone way, and moves um, in is this the way the outcome that of, of of Space Force. Is this what we got from starting the Space yes, Force? Actually, yes. Um, I, so yeah, you can you can have. It's more technologically advanced than what I thought. 
I was thinking <laughs> yeah. like like someone controls a dildo from Earth, and no, they yep. like they like bang no, you... the internet, and the internet then bangs their compadre. Mm-hmm. Okay, were there yep. were there were there options where it could be two one parts and not one in the other, or is this like a don't ask, I, don't telephone? It doesn't situation? go into that. It says they've been selling these things for a while. Um, they're just now exploring how to put them in space because that's what we need to put our research money towards. Um, they've uh, this has been around. You could probably find it on Amazon tonight, uh, Kevin, uh, while you're searching Amazon only via web browser and not having Amazon Prime. That's two things I learned about Kevin recently. So he doesn't use the Amazon app on his phone. He's never used the Amazon app on his phone. He only uses the web browser, and he doesn't have Prime. Okay. It's just an absurd thing. To, that, to was a, that was two different news segments in one. Flynn. Yeah, that was, one that was, was me very invasive news. about my life, and the yeah. other had to do with how I use Amazon. Like, that's yeah, absurd. I, feel, I vaguely <laughs> envy Kevin for that. I'm just so confused about life choices, but uh, I'm, I'm sure Kevin's going to find that on Amazon later on. Um, you can go buy these things now. It's just now they're putting them in space. So congratulations to astronauts for it. It has having... to be, you know, one of the more responsible purchases Kevin could make after the podcast. It's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> like we will have to put a disclaimer on this episode. <laughs> I think. I think this. The, the, the section. I think we should just call it teledildonic sex. <laughs> well, let's title the episode. We done. Like, we I don't want to get the text from Joe being like, "Thanks, my two year old really enjoyed listening to the episode." The, the teledildonic sex, the breeding with sheep, the jizz versus cum. <laughs> do we bleep it out? Um, yeah, we've done some stuff. We've said some words. Hmm. That was a new segment. I think what's next. <laughs> I think what's next is our fictional battle royale. Fictional battle royale. Hey Jacob. All right, there he is. Tell us what, what uh, are we speaking doing? of speaking of pretty, uh yeah, in case you guys couldn't tell he's not here. Um this is an unrelated <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> I was they I was driving to take it. <laughs> They figured it out. Uh, Most of these people haven't. Our listeners haven't heard from Jacob since like February. So, uh. <laughs> but I was I was driving past. Uh, I was taking Ernie to the park, and I was driving past the golf course associated with uh, Seneca Park. And uh, this guy gets off the golf cart. I think it's like the first tee right there, and he was giving off some serious Chuck Pretty vibes. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> "That's got to be Chuck." I mean, no one else could be there. Uh, could look like that, and I'm just driving by at 25 miles an hour, and he's, you know, 100 feet away. So I texted Pretty. I was like, is your dad golfing today at uh, Seneca? And he said, yes, it's Thursday he is. So I did see Chuck Pretty today uh, <laughs> golfing, stretching it out before he teed off Good. for his league day. So one of the Pretties is active and in Louisville. One of them is somewhere. I am seeing seafoam green Priuses everywhere <laughs> nowadays. I must miss him because... It's like I can't drive to work without seeing 
three seafoam green Priuses and being like, is Maybe it him? Come back. Is, <laughs> it, is it him? You can and with, me. with Pretty's car oh, trouble, yeah. I don't even know if he's driving a seafoam. I don't know. I think he's <laughs> right. Yeah, he his, his basically died. Uh, they they messed up his engine by uh, not putting the, the plug back in on his oil change. And he drove from South Carolina to Louisville with no oil in his engine. Oh um, so <laughs> that's what messed it up. <laughs> he did not disclose that to me. I hear that's bad yeah. for cars. I don't know much about <laughs> it's it, but bad. I hear you should have oil. Yeah. So we're going to do a need oil like New Zealand needs sheep. That's just what we know. So it's it's a more than five to one ratio that the car needs oil to. It is known. Got it. Uh, All right. We're going to do a fictional uh, squad. And I have called this on my notes a fandom fellowship um, because the scenario that I posed, I assumed Flynn would do no prep. And this was something he could probably do with no prep. Um, but we are I'm going to create right a four-person fellowship of the ring. The task is we have our MacGuffin. It is the ring of power, and we need to destroy it. Um, as I was about to text, like, an- another way of thinking about it would be like a D&D campaign. Because uh, that's basically what the fellowship of the ring is. But I think it, it is important to note the qualities of the, the fellowship of the ring and the quest of taking this corruptive piece and destroying it. Uh, Our squads will consist of a character from Star Wars, a character from Harry Potter, a character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and a character from Game of Thrones. So those are our four stipulations, our four universes. And we are trying to, again, same exact task that Frodo takes on, go to Mordor, cast the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. Um, and we're not saying like someone has to be Frodo, someone has to be Sam, someone absolutely has to not, be absolutely not. Just like, succeed, just... just succeed at the quest. Whatever, whoever you think is best to do that um, makes sense. The order we will go in is Flynn, because it is usually customary that you don't put yourself first in these. Then I will go, and Kevin will go last because I am still bitter that he made me go last for the bills. <laughs> just because I don't have a kid. Despite having Bill in my name. Uh, someday you'll forgive me forget. for that nope, arbitrary it's... decision. I don't think so. Okay. 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 Flynn. <laughs> Flynn, you're up first. I would uh, and obviously give quality explanations on why this is a helpful character. Yeah. Um... I think that the best uh, option here is probably to go with Marvel first, because the others have, I think, a few characters um, that are on even playing grounds, and 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 some some. I think Harry Potter is probably the easiest because they're all magic. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Doctor Strange uh, because um, he has the Time Stone. Uh, and he also uh, has the sling ring. The sling ring is the key here. Um, they don't. They don't want to necessarily just 
sling ring into Mordor, which they could. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that in this in this scenario, they can't just sling ring into <laughs> Mordor. You, that just I'll be tell cheating, you, what, you right? have made it a not very good movie. If they get, like, I think that that is yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying like like the sling ring is still a thing, but they can't just be like uh, drop and then over. Um, that would be bad. Uh, so we're just gonna say that you know that that you can't do that. But the sling ring is still the most powerful tool uh, that the fellowship could use um they that they could just get out of any situation they can get into any situation um it's a really really powerful thing i mean um so are you know infinity stones but at the same time um i feel like those are cheating so i'm gonna go your Doctor qualifiers Strange. are amazing and i just said <laughs> it's cheating to use an infinity stone and i get that he has an infinity stone so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has the time stone but infinity yeah, that was the first thing You're you said uh, I'm gonna move past what I said. Standard. You know, I I, I, I immediately uh, caught it myself. So y'all yeah. don't have You're to say great. anything. Great job. Uh, but yeah, Doctor do, Strange is great. Great job. Great job. Um, I I'm taking Qui Gon. Oh, you fucking dick! <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, for. <laughs> For two that reasons, is the uh, most the first reason, The first reason is because <laughs> of that. Uh, the second reason, yeah, that, yeah, that shouldn't have put me last on the bills. shouldn't have put me last on the bills. One, one Star Wars character I wrote down. One. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think Qui-Gon is perfect. He's both an independent thinker, fiercely loyal, uh, incredibly tapped into the Force, uh, capable of martial combat and also leading, uh, and would just be a phenomenal acquisition to this, perhaps better than absolutely no one in Star Wars history. There's just, you just can't beat Qui-Gon, and that's why I've always said he is my favorite and will, and I'm the biggest Qui-Gon fan uh, that there is, so... That's that's why I, I just can't pass up an opportunity to put Qui Gon on on the fellowship here. Kevin, I knew you were gonna pick him. I mean, <laughs> he's your guy. He's my guy. He's your guy. Uh, I'm a Qui Gon guy. <laughs> a Qui Gon. Qui guy. That's great. That's great. He's so mad. <laughs> I it, I was gonna pick Star Wars. Okay. You were gonna... Just stop. Everybody stop. Nobody, nobody, now you have nobody gets more to time talk. to prep. I actually, I had so many other people uh, for all of these, and uh, a part you of know. me thought I was going to end up picking R2-D2 because uh, he's just clutch all the time, and then I just forgot that I was obviously going to take this from Kevin right now. Obviously. Uh, I will select uh, Balerion the Black Dread as my character from <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> that is some outside the box thinking. Flop of your rules. Fellowship people are like, why didn't they take the eagles? I'm like, fuck the eagles. We're just going to ride this badass dragon to Mordor, and he's going to eat the eagles along the way as a nice afternoon snack. Um, he's the most incredible dragon in the history of Game of Thrones, and um, I think he'd be great. I mean, he is he also written dead by Aegon the Conqueror. Well, I 
I think I get to pick the character while he's alive. If if that's not true, I will shift. He <laughs> just gets a giant skull. <laughs> Is that a discussion just, point you need to make? I, I honestly don't care because then you'll just pick Drogon and it'll be the same. Right. Thing. Uh, so no, I'll give you no, Valerion. Okay. Gar. Hang on, hang on. So if we said that the character has to be alive, you wouldn't pivot to an alive dragon? No. I have another pick next on my list of got characters. Tyrion. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Because he's a hobbit. (laughs) This is worse logic than Flynn saying Infinity Stones are cheating. (laughs) I I secretly love the pick. It's hard to knock Thank you. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible for the fellowship. He's liable to just destroy anyone that's not riding him. But you know what? That's true. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. You're going to have to pick a rider and no one else can do it. I think you're up, Flynn. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking. <sighs> um... All right, I'll go with Albus Dumbledore. I, I, Disaster. He's the smartest. He's no, he, he's very, very smart. He, he's he's a fantastic wizard. It's between him and Hagrid. Uh, I, totally I didn't really cool want to with just murdering go with children. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and objectively, will be corrupted by the ring. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's... Yeah, most people will. <laughs> Right, which makes them bad decisions. So was Gandalf. He's, he, no, he's no, taken, Gandalf. He's not. He's not. He's Gandalf refused. Not holding the ring. I know. Dumbledore. This is my character that's refusing. Dumbledore's it. heavily tempted. He, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, he's heavily tempted, but he's not going to take he it. He put. He actively puts on a ring that he knows will destroy him. In the well, books. that's a different one. <laughs> yeah, this is a different one. <laughs> Albus Dumbledore, fantastic pick. <laughs> He's my Gandalf. Uh, I have two wizards. Doctor Strange, highly acceptable. Very good pick. Albus Dumbledore. I mean, of the characters you can pick, very few have succumbed to the temptation of putting on a cursed ring. And you decided to choose one that did. Well. (laughs) To to lead this ring-destroying, this cursed ring-destroying expedition. So Yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to... He is not going to take it. Doctor Strange would not let him have it. You think Strange whoops up on Dumbledore? I think it's close. I think, yeah. Dumbledore wants that ring. Strange says no. Who's who succeeds? Oh, uh, wow. That's a good one. With the Darkhold, it's Doctor Strange. Um, God, this man. We're not going to do qualifiers. But that's true. Um, only does qualifiers. With the Darkhold, Doctor Strange is absolutely taking the ring. <laughs> well, we're t- my squad's taking over the world. They are beating your all squads' ass. <laughs> I the am quest winning is, this fight. The quest is <laughs> we're doing destroy a battle, the ring right? in Mount Doom, and Flynn has decided No, we're doing to... a battle. These no, four this... are doing a battle with the ring. 
to see who gets the ring. You know what? Pretty's not here. Everyone's fighting uh, in Finn's <laughs> mind, so that's fine. Yeah. I got plenty of Doctor or of got left. Ooh. I'm gonna take Thor from because he's uh, for my MCU already um, worthy, so he probably won't be corrupted. He is worthy above corruption. I think Thor and Qui Gon are both pretty heavily above corruption um, at this point, and Thor is not just above the corruption, but he's super super powerful. Um, he's a god, virtually indestructible. He can be all of the things that Gandalf uh, provides while also, uh, you know, maintaining the air of above the, the temptation. It does take him to get to the worthiness. He gets there. We're all good. So, yeah, Thor. Thor. Going to stick with that. Okay, uh, I'm gonna roll into. Um, I, I view this as building a fellowship. Is in like there are roles we need to fill them. We need oh, to absolutely. be successful, right? Okay, yep. so um, these two guys, or at least Hovcamp and Flynn's wife, know a lot more about Harry Potter than I do. But I, um, I know that there is a former captain of the Quidditch team who was a phenomenal um, Oliver Wood. Uh, he was phenomenal he just sees, yeah, on the You're trying broom, to put that ring into Mount Doom. He swats it back out. Because <laughs> this, this former captain of the Quidditch team was a seeker. Um, Malfoy. And, and he is an expert. Cho Chang. an expert in training and uh, knowing things about dragons. So I'm going to choose Charlie Weasley um, <laughs> as my Harry Potter character because, as was oh, mentioned... It. Someone's going to need to ride uh, the dragon, and someone's going to need to be able to be capable of training and working with the dragon. And Charlie Weasley is the Harry Potter character most positioned as an expert in dragons. Um, and I've built my team around having a dragon, so that's my <laughs> which choice. is which is weird. That's that's typically my thing. Um, although there are still many a dragon I can choose from Game of Thrones. Uh, we can all still have dragons, but we can uh, all just choose the dragon. I really like Charlie Weasley on your team for that reason. For all yeah. other reasons of ring destruction, I think your team is trash. <laughs> well, we're not done yeah, with my but... team yet. <laughs> but I sure right? everybody's got a role. I sure hope that Charlie Weasley only can Frodo could have Game destroyed the ring in the Fellowship. Only Frodo could have done that. That's one of the Is central themes. He succumbed to the temptation. He didn't destroy it. Gollum fell Will you in. Stop saying "come" on this episode, Jesus <laughs> of Camp. He succumbed into the into the ring. God, God. I hate you both. <laughs> it's gonna be a nightmare to edit, Jacob. <laughs> um, he's not busy. <laughs> he's not even here. Yeah, no. Apparently, uh, not playing golf with his dad or driving a seafoam <laughs> green Prius around Northern Kentucky. <laughs> Kevin is like miffed at what Pretty's about anymore. It's like his dad's <laughs> golfing. Pretty's not there. I see seafoam green Priuses. Pretty's not in them. I record a podcast. Pretty's nowhere to be found. That's all I know about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't watch videos that I send to him specifically to watch. Yeah, and you can't text um, him. He doesn't respond. <laughs> no, he does not. 
All right, Flynn, you've got I... Star Wars and yeah, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go with R2D2. Uh, I know who came spoiled a little spoiled it a little bit earlier, uh, but I think that um, well, he definitely won't be you know uh, he won't succumb to the ring. Um, he he is clutch. He he's he's uh, uh, really really. It was between this and Chewbacca, and I I was I, I he's the only one that's a, a droid that is not going to succumb to the ring. Well, no droid would succumb to the ring unless they were like programmed to want power, essentially. But go ahead and take BB-8, Kevin. I'm super excited because I'm pretty sure that was Kevin's backup. <laughs> oh, 100. Yeah, he's mad. So, yeah. See. So uh, Kevin <laughs> has come into this and said, "You know what? I'm going to save Star Wars for last, but I'm only putting Qui Gon." And then after that, he said, "You know what? I I have one more that I will fill it in with, and I'll still save it for last." <laughs> Um, and the best part about any fellowship or, you know, Hobbit is this idea that one of them is going to record this conquering tale and put it down in history for others to learn and lead from. And who does that in Star Wars but the narrator R2-D2. And so that was a great uh, choice, Flynn. You chose for the wrong reasons, but I'm fine. <laughs> I have one other option, and I have no other competitors for Star Wars characters. I believe I'm totally good on the two best Harry Potter characters. Um, Flynn still needs a Game of Thrones, but he is not picking my character. You know what, but just because no one can take my Harry Potter character anymore, I will take Beric Dondarrion uh, from Game of Thrones as mine, because he is a... Um, Red Priest and can bring people back to life should they need it and is a very capable warrior along the way as well lights up a flaming sword we're good I'm just I'm just good with that the whole time wait hang on let me rephrase no you don't I'm sticking with Beric Dondarrion he needs no 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 I got confused Thoros of Mir is the priest that brings him back oh god He's just me, the guy that yeah. keeps living. <laughs> He's just the guy that keeps living. Give me Thoros of Mir. That was a mistake on my part. Uh, Thoros of Mir, also a capable fighter, uh, but can bring people back from the dead as well uh, and will provide some religiosity, and it will be great. Love it. Great. I have Thor and Thoros of Mir. Give birth to a demon baby of yours? I actually was putting Melisandre on the list and then said, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the effective fellowship does need an uncorruptible person. Um, someone, who, someone who... Someone um, who... So I'm, I'm, be I'm between Luke Skywalker and Yoda because... Luke Skywalker is offered so many temptation-like things of power and whatever, and he refuses them every single time. And he is the most like Frodo in the way that he is the whiniest bitch in all of Star Wars the entire time. And so he does fit two personas that every Fellowship needs. Um, Yoda is small um, and a better Force user and also is uncorrupted by the Force and also is old and wise like Gandalf. So that's where those two are competing in my brain. Um, 
in my discussions with myself out loud just now, I was able to insult Luke Skywalker, which will infuriate pretty. And so um, I got that off my chest and will choose Yoda as the third member of my fellowship, as the ring bearer, the least likely to be corrupted by its power um, to join with uh, the dragon and dragon trainer rider, Charlie. It is interesting. Um, I do think that's an interesting point to declare a ring bearer in your thing. I had not thought of that. Um, so if Yoda is Kevin's ring bearer, I will be curious to hear mine and Flynn's as well. Well, Flynn asked if we were doing, like, who's your Frodo, who's your whatever, and we said well, no. yeah, but someone does have but to I, carry the corruptible thing. I think that it matters that there are some roles that need to be played in this group, and ring bearer is definitely one of them if we're doing a fellowship. Yeah, you don't need to cast a Candolf and a Frodo, but someone has to be able to successfully transport a ring that will actively try to corrupt you into its destruction. I'm 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 torn because my team could go either way. It could go we're all going to go destroy the ring and it's going to be pretty easy for us or we can go take over the world because we have the ring. <laughs> well, one would be counter to the assignment. I know. <laughs> I know. And that's what I'm debating if I want to yes, just there, take there, over there the was world a instead. there was a team Thanos Palpatine Voldemort <laughs> Night King that you could have gone with, and they would have been I, awesome. That's the one I'm going. Tywin I'm, Lannister. I'm I was going to put Tywin um, um, on my list, and then I was like, "Oh, that guy would be like, give me that ring. I know just what to do with it." <laughs> no, all right. I guess I'll stick to your prompt. Um, not try to take over the world with my team. That's unfortunate. Um, you don't have to. I'm going to choose Jon Snow because. Time and time again, he doesn't he want was the ring. offered power, <laughs> and he doesn't want it. And so he he has resisted power more than any of yours. Um, power is thrust upon him, and uh, he he succumbs to it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I just had to get the word Ooh, in. Man, thrust and succumb in like the same sentence. Yes, um, but yeah, he 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 snow. is he he and R two D two are not going to be able to be succumbed on or whatever the, the word is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 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 <laughs> uh Flynn just for the sake of clarity based on what we decided 2 seconds ago, who is carrying your ring? Um Either R2-D2 or Jon Snow. Yeah, well, okay. He asked you a question that has an answer. R2-D2. Good answer. Uh, I feel like Qui-Gon is the most capable of being above the emotionality of the ring. So I'm going to let him take it. And... Uh, I'm going to allow I think I think it's Hermione is the is the one I'm gonna pick. Brightest witch of her age. Um, so she's super smart, super talented, can create her own spells uh, as 
the book alludes to, uh, or as J.K. Rowling has uh, said, um, she's she's just an incredibly talented and capable witch. That uh, I, McGonagall was my backup, but I, I mean she's pure of heart and capable, and that is a rare find in Harry Potter. It uh, it seems. So yeah, I'm gonna take Hermione. Um, and I basically have very, very little corruptibility, very little succumbing, um, and a lot of capability. And so when you combine a lack of succums and a, and a lot of capables, that's when you get a good fellowship. I love you. I love you more than he loves you. Um, I, I uh, because because like because I taught you about Qui Gon. I'm gonna go with a character from Marvel who can disguise our group if we need it, who can fight alongside us if we need it, who can basically not die because he can regenerate if if he if he needs to. And is also a uh, badass, yet doesn't seem to be corruptible, and only knows how to be loyal as his main characteristic uh, in Marvel. So I'm going to go with Groot uh, as the fourth member of my group. He is an excellent choice for all of those five reasons. And also, I think he, um, he provides... A stability to which uh, this team can really rally around. I picture him putting Yoda on his shoulders, the place that Rocket would normally be. Yoda's using the Force. Groot is being Groot. Um, Charlie is riding the dragon. The dragon is causing chaos and leading us towards Mount Doom. I think this I think this group be... makes a lot of sense together and will be effective. Point of order, Charlie Weasley doesn't ride dragons in Harry Potter. So Charlie Weasley is not sh- is not seen riding dragons in Harry Potter. <laughs> Charlie Weasley <laughs> does train, secure and uh work with as an expert in dragons. So I'm sure he knows how to ride them. R2D2 isn't seeing uh illustrating teledildonic sex between Han Solo and Leia. Doesn't mean he did it. <laughs> I think there's a greater probability that if someone's yeah, going to ride know. the dragon, Charlie's probably someone who could do that, that R2-D2 sticking it's... his little thing in the thing and going... R2-D2 actively like... does that in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's what R2-D2... R2-D2 puts his thing in the thing and goes burr, 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 so many times. That's a lot of times. <laughs> you don't think one of those times it could be sexual in nature? <laughs> I think Leia forgot who he was, um, according to Star Wars canon. And that probably wouldn't be true. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never used to tell a whatever um this is interesting uh in our teams i'm gonna recap them i think some of the things you should consider uh the original fellowship had some unique qualities among them capable warriors 
and an ability for stealth and their size and uh, and also a strength of character. Uh, I don't know that any of us captured that essence, to be honest with you. So we've got Doctor Strange, Albus Dumbledore, R2-D2, and Jon Snow from Flynn, with R2-D2 being our primary ring bearer. Uh, Hofkamp has Qui-Gon Jinn as the pri- uh, primary ring bearer. Uh, with Thor, Thoros of Mir, and Hermione as supporting characters. Kevin has Beleriand the Black Dread. Uh, <laughs> the biggest Badass and baddest dragon. dragon born in old Valyria. Uh, Charlie Weasley to apparently ride the dragon from a different universe. Uh, Yoda, the ring bearer. And Groot. The Groot. I'm not 100% to... to to also, to, for Yoda to ride Groot. So basically, Kevin has two sentient mounts and two riders. <laughs> um, and that's the teams. That's our fellowships. And no this, succumbing this will thing, ever occur. This had the workings of being an episode that we were like, yeah, I'm not sure we did good. But, uh, man... <laughs> Man, did this third segment turn it around. Um, We're great. This is great. Good job, everybody. I was thinking this had the the makings of like, oh, that was a podcast we did. And uh, then it was like, that's a podcast we shouldn't have released. So (laughs) (laughs) interesting that we came to different conclusions after that third segment. (laughs) Can't wait for the no. listeners to decide. <laughs> because, uh, well, we might as well just segue into an end now. They didn't ask for any of it. Uh, we gave it to them anyway. So have a drink on us. Deeply sorry. We, and that's Kevin Flynn and I, we'll see you next week. Succumb to the temptation! Imagine Jar Jar Binks and Gollum.